What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's Wednesday afternoon. We keep recording uh, this podcast a little earlier and earlier. Uh, so we have even less uh, information to go on with injuries and all that as we try to <laughs> preview this week's matchups. But we will do the best we can, right? Oh, yeah. You know, if we do it any earlier, it's going to be Tuesday. We're going to be like Monday Night Football. We're going to do waiver wire show recap right into previews for the next week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you're uh, you're traveling tomorrow, right? So we got yeah, yeah. to get this so, uh, in now. Yeah, this is like a this is like a delayed little weekend getaway. So my wife and I, I think I told you, we celebrated our ten year anniversary last month. So uh, about a month later, we're finally getting out of town. And wouldn't you know, we got a little tropical storm that's rolling through the south uh, coming up. It'll probably hit us on Friday, um, but hopefully shouldn't impact tomorrow night's game uh, too too bad. But we can get into that game's in Charlotte. Um, we'll have tropical storm Nicole rolling through, but I think it'll just be a little, little bit of rain for that game. Okay, well, that's a, that sounds like a good segue, so why don't we yeah. just jump right into it, and uh, we, as always, will preview every one of the uh, week, what are we at, week 10, gosh, yeah. time keeps flying, time keeps slipping into the future, as they say, uh, Week every week 10 matchup, uh, we will not be doing rest of season rankings as a programming note this week, so uh, we will get back into that next week, uh, but Bart has posted his uh, week 10 rankings up at rosrankings.com. I will have mine there shortly as well. All right, first game, Thursday Night Football, Atlanta at Carolina. Over-under on this game, 42.5 points. And the Falcons on the road favored by three. Uh, The the Panthers will be going back to P.J. Walker as their quarterback for this game on the short week. Uh, It looks like Chuba Hubbard could be back for Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw Cordero Patterson get back into the fold for the Falcons last week. So backfield's kind of in flux on both sides. Um, What are you looking for in this one? Yeah, with the backfields, you mentioned it. In fact, I don't even know if I got Chuba Hubbard back in my ranking, so I'll have to adjust that and move Dante Foreman down a little bit. It sure was nicer when he had the backfield to himself, but we'll have a little bit more of a split. Uh, Like you said on the Falcons side, I like Cordero Patterson. He's a borderline RB1 for me. You know, he came back, scored a couple touchdowns. I think he'll have every opportunity to score at least a touchdown in this one, too. And for me, Tyler Algier is still an RB2 because Atlanta loves to run the ball. So, I mean, at at worst, I think Algier is still a flex option. I think I would plug him in to most lineups because Atlanta is going to run the ball. Yeah, I have Algier ranked as more of an RB3, like a mid-range RB3. Um and, but I'm still, yeah, I'm with you on Patterson. I've got him as my RB13, so right on the cusp of that top 12. Yep. Um, I, I'm curious, though. I, we don't know for sure how this is going to work. Because um, last week, Patterson and Algier both played the same number of snaps, and then Caleb Huntley played about more than half as many as each of them. So it was kind of like a, you know... 40 40 20 kind of a situation basically in the backfield right. last week um and i think you and i both kind of assume that patterson snaps go up this week and huntley's go down but there's a lot of different ways it could work out i mean it could yeah. be that patterson still uh gets eased in a little bit it could be that huntley still plays some so i'm gonna be curious to see the snap counts after this game but i think uh, regardless, Patterson, after scoring those two touchdowns last week and being one one week further removed from 
uh, coming off IR. I, I would expect him to get enough touches to be a valuable fantasy player in a, in a soft matchup like this. And, um, you know, he's the kind of player that can do a lot with uh, not that many touches, too. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of big play potential. We saw last week they're not afraid to give him the ball in the red zone inside the five-yard line as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think he is absolutely a borderline RB1 for this one. Uh, and and then I, just... I do love, um, on the uh, Panther side, DJ Moore. I think uh, this yeah. could be a really nice game for him. Uh, we know that we love to pick on that Falcons uh, defense for passing game purposes. And um, at, at this point, I think the fact that Walker is starting over Baker Mayfield is a good thing for DJ Moore. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens rest of season. It could be Sam Darnold even uh, soon enough. But for now, at least, this is kind of more of the same of what we saw prior to last week, uh, which was two good games in a row for DJ Moore prior to last week. And I think he can get back on track here. Yeah, his stats were a little bit padded by that last second, you know, heave from Walker in this game a couple weeks ago. But still, you know, AJ Terrell is still out. They have a safety out. Like, And yeah, that one counted, man. I mean, that was – It did. Like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes said that was like – the best throw he's seen all season and it was in a key situation too so it was it wasn't it wasn't exactly a hail mary i mean he hit him in stride you know oh yeah that's true it wasn't like total last second i mean right (laughs) because yeah exactly um now what about like the pass receiver i mean the pass receivers on the falcon side like i know i just saw something scroll through on twitter about some quote from Mariota about getting kyle pitts the ball more but i'll believe it when i see it and yeah i mean it's tight end so i guess you can start him he's sort of back in our our good favors enough to you know, be in like the top ten territory, but he was outside of that for a while. Um, He's not and in Drake there London. For me. <laughs> I saw you tweeted something about Drake London. I mean, he, you just can't start Drake London right now. You, you really can't. Yeah, I mean, I would start Pitts before London, um, but I I don't really want to start either of them. I, I I think you've been a little bit higher on Pitts than I have the last you know two three weeks. Yep. Um, I just look at it like he's had so few big games this season um you're kind of counting on a a touchdown with him but it is tight end so i haven't been my tight end 14 actually this week but that's assuming guys like david and joku and darren waller actually play and we don't know that they will so he could end up (laughs) in my top 12 just by default but um (laughs) yep but yeah i mean it's interesting with london i so in my i'm the commissioner of my redraft league which has been going on you know over 15 years at this point and uh, it's a deeper league, two flex spots, a super flex, uh, deep benches. And Drake London got dropped in that mm. league last week. I actually bid for $4 out of a $100 budget to try to get him <laughs> just because it is a deep league. And I figured, you know, maybe he could be a decent flex play if he shows some signs of life. Um, mm-hmm. Someone else bid exactly $4 and won the tiebreaker against me. So I did not end up getting Drake London onto my roster, but I don't feel too bad about it for the reasons you said. I mean, uh, as I tweeted, he has not been a top 48 receiver since week three. So it's been quite a while uh, since Drake London was usable in fantasy. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, and I will just say on, on the uh, the running game side for the Panthers, um, even though Hubbard is coming back, I still think uh, Foreman is a pretty strong fantasy option for this game. I have him as my RB16. So I think it's just a matter of you run out of running backs who could see a you know, 70, 80% snap share pretty quickly. And just given that Hubbard's missed time, I don't 
necessarily expect him to jump right back in and play 45% of the snaps. So I think Foreman is, at least for one more week, going to be something of a bell cow. And he just had three touchdowns against this team a couple weeks ago, so there's that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would I would play him if you've got him. Yep. Uh, all right. Next game, we'll move to the 1 o'clock game. Oh, no. I'm sorry. We'll move to the Germany game. First ever oh, yes. game in Germany. In, oh, yeah. Uh, that will be on Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern time. So make sure to get your rosters set. Uh, get up early enough for that. I know those West Coast folks, when there's this European games, uh, <laughs> can get burned. So, so keep an eye on it. Thankfully, these teams seem to be mostly healthy at this point. I mean, the receivers for Seattle seem to be healthy at this point. Um, you never know with Julio Jones, of course, but I think Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans should be good. Uh, so at least we, we shouldn't have any, any big surprises in terms of uh, players being out in this game. So at least we have that. But uh, in terms of the teams, I mean, the Seahawks have been, they've really been overperformed what people expected in terms of their passing game this season, and the Bucks have underperformed it. Do you think that continues here? The over-under is 44.5, and, and the Bucks are favored by three. Yeah, I like the Seattle plus three side of this because, you know, there's no home field advantage. And, in fact, I was listening to the Pick 6 podcast. They were saying, I guess Pete Carroll had said something about there's tons of Seattle fans in, in Germany. And I don't know where that research comes from, but he feels huh. like they're going to have some sort of home field advantage. I don't know where that comes from. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I don't think there will be any kind of home field advantage. If anything, maybe it will be even Seattle based on that little tidbit. But yeah, I mean, you're getting points with a team like Seattle who looks better than Tampa. I would I would take that. And as far as like you you said, I mean it's pretty easy with with the the running backs, the receivers. I mean these guys are all sort of in the RB two. Well, Ken Walker maybe more of an RB one. Um, hopefully he gets his passport situation situation uh, settled uh, out because they're traveling today. And I saw something where he didn't have a passport up yeah. until recently. So. <laughs> Yeah, double check I, I that one. I couldn't tell if that was legit or not. Is that is that a real issue? <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll have, we'll have to wait and see. Let's not spread I'm sure rumors. he's on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess maybe but, there is something to make sure of on Sunday morning <laughs> that you have your guys playing. <laughs> well, we should know that today, right? By the time people are listening to this, people will know. Get Ken Walker. If he's, if he's on the plane and he lands in Germany, get him in your RB slot. <laughs> You know? Yes, and if he doesn't play for some reason, then what? I yeah, Travis Homer. I don't know. He won't be an RB one. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it is what it is what it is with the receivers in this game. Like you said, yeah. I mean, they're all these guys are all kind of wide receiver two types. Um, Mike Evans is probably the one I like the most of the four, um, but it's close. You know, it's I have Evans at wide receiver ten. I've got Metcalf at fourteen. Uh, I'm, I got Lockett a little bit lower. Um, I have him at 21, uh, but and Godwin at 20. So, I mean, they're all in that range. Yep. They're all in the 12 to 20 range for me, too. And then the quarterbacks, I have I have Brady at QB8 and Geno Smith at QB10, but if you wanted to flip them or if you do have those flipped, I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, they're they're kind of in that range for me. You're, you're likely starting them, but you might have some different options or want to play different matchups. Yeah, I have Geno at 9 and Brady at 11, so I do have them yep. flipped, but... Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't, you can't feel that confident about Brady at this point, just based on no. the one game all season with multiple touchdown passes. But you <laughs> right. keep expecting that to change. Maybe, maybe he needs to go overseas to to get uh, get going. Maybe that will, uh, 
you know, he'll uh, hit the beer halls and and uh, get inspired <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think mean, he is I think he is receivers. a bachelor now, so. Yeah, it's true. I think his receivers just need to find something to stick on their gloves there because that's what's really that's the problem. Really, they need to they need to catch some of these touchdowns. Yeah, I mean they seem so close to big plays every single week. So this maybe this is the week that happens. Um, yep. And uh, how about the Bucks running back situation? Uh, we've heard more and more rumblings about Rashad White potentially uh, getting an uptick in snaps. Um, so I wonder if if we see more of that this week. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, when we get to the Pittsburgh game, similar with like Najee and Jalen Warren. Um, There's a little more know, fire there than smoke, though, with Pittsburgh. This one's a little yeah. more uh, reading between the lines. Speculation yeah. more from, from reporters rather than Tomlin, right? right. Yeah. In, in, in either event, I mean, we've been talking about these guys on the waiver wire show for at least a month now. So you should have these guys. I think Rashad White's a guy who, I mean, he's kind of a desperation flex for me at this point. But if we see it in a game like this, I could see it, you know, it could flip, and then next week we might be saying start Rashad White over Leonard Fournette. But until it happens, I think you're starting Fournette. You're you're kind of stashing Rashad White. At least that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I feel I have White as my RB thirty six, so I could see a scenario where you play him if you're short on options. I mean, this is like the closest I've had them ranked all year. I think I have Fournette at yeah. RB eighteen and Rashad White at RB thirty six. So the gap mm. is definitely narrowing for me. It's not like one of these, you know, Washington or Chicago situations or Atlanta where you had guys back to back in the rankings, but it's getting closer. Yep. It's getting closer for me too. Uh, I'm at 16 and then 38. So similar. Yeah. Okay. And then tight ends. I mean, uh, you know, I like Kate Otten. Um, he's the guy that's been moving up my rankings. I've got him as my uh, tight end 13 uh, Ooh, for this okay. matchup. So uh, Seahawks, I'm not chasing Noah Fan, as I said on the waiver wire show. I just think yep. they still rotate their tight ends too much. But um, as uh, as long as Cameron Braid is out, I think Otten is a pretty strong streaming option. Yep, I have Otten over Fant too, uh, both sort of in the teens uh, for me ranking-wise. But, yeah, point taken. Otten's been good lately. Yep. Okay, next game, uh, Minnesota at Buffalo. Now, this is one where the spread has been <laughs> shifting quickly because of Josh Allen's health status. Right now, yep. I'm seeing an over-under of 44, and the Bills are now only favored by 3.5 points. Uh, this was, a, I believe the spread on this was 7.5, 8.5, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was definitely at least 7.5, yeah. It, it, it got bet quickly, and then with all the news, it, it started. It just kept trickling down, trickling down. I think like an hour or two ago when I tweeted something about it, it was four, and now it's three and a half, like you said. So it just it might be closer to one or two by kickoff. Yeah, or you could even see the it, Vikings favorite if if Case Keenum is declared the starter for the Bills. I mean, that's it's that's not crazy like, to me. Though. It's not like they're playing a bad team; they're playing a seven and one team. <laughs> you know, and the Vikings yeah. have earned that record. Like they're a good team. Uh, so. I, I think uh, this should be an interesting game. It's it's really hard to evaluate for fantasy not knowing um, Josh Allen's status, although it does sound like he's probably going to play, but it's not, like, official yet. So yeah. they there's a chance they could sit him out one week. I think the fear that he could be out for multiple weeks is looking less likely at this point. But uh, if, if they rest him for one week, then that certainly – uh, would need you'd need to downgrade all of your bills. Um, I, you know, I even even with Allen playing, I feel like just the the health questions around him do mm-hmm. make me rank 
Stephon Diggs a little lower. Like I have him as my wide receiver four this week, which if he if if Allen didn't have the injury, I'd probably have Diggs as my wide receiver one this week because uh, Minnesota has not been very good against the pass. But um, that just adds a little bit of a question mark for me, and it makes me want to pass on Gabe Davis as well in terms of mm-hmm. uh, maybe some surer things. Totally agree. I, I moved Diggs down to my wide receiver five, similar to you, just right, you know, and then Gabe Davis, he's my wide receiver 32 and I might keep moving him down, but I've already ranked my guys as if Josh Allen is not playing like this, this Vegas line movement to me says it's case Keenum. So that's how I'm ranking it for now. If it changes, you know, I'll change, I'll change my, change it up a little bit. But like you said, even if it is Allen, I'm still downgrading a little bit just because of the injury. Um, Devin Singletary maybe stays like kind of the same for me. He's just like this RB2, I think I like him more than you just in general, but like he, he just he he's getting a lot of the work and I don't know if it's Case Keenum or Josh Allen, he's sort of just like a low-end RB2 for me. Yeah, I have him RB26, so high-end RB3 technically, but same kind yeah. of range. Um I you know, I am curious if uh they start working Naeem Hines in this week or if mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had mentioned on the previous show I had heard some rumors that they might have just acquired Hines to be a kick returner, a punt returner, yeah. Um, which would be good news for James Cook. But uh, either way, I think Singletary is going to remain the lead back. It's just a question of does he does he lose some snaps here and there? Because Hines is a player that um, we saw in the Indianapolis days. Even with a guy like Jonathan Taylor on the roster, they were still finding a way to play Naeem Hines 35% of the snaps every week. So that would be bad news for Devin Singletary if if, if that uh, kind of usage uh, translates in Buffalo. Yep. On the Vikings side, I mean, for real purposes, this is a dream scenario if Josh Allen is out or even just being injured, you know, for – like I feel like they're getting lucky. You said they're a good team. Obviously their record says they're 7-1. and one. Uh, They got killed at Philly, and they've beaten Green Bay, Detroit, uh, the Saints, the Bears – the Dolphins, I think, without Tua, uh, you know, the the Cardinals, Washington, I don't know. These are not, they haven't, like, they don't have, like, a good signature win, I feel like, right? And obviously, early on in the season, we thought maybe the Packers would be, the pa- Packers are, like, three and six, so <laughs> that's not a signature win either, you know? So yeah, we'll, I, we'll yeah. see, and maybe we don't really find out this week if there's no Josh Allen, but this was my, like, preseason Super Bowl uh, prediction, you know. I love the Vikings coming in. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I thought you were the Vikings guy, and now you're I am, but I just don't don't think they've really shown it yet. Um, And I do think, like, if this line does go down to one or two, I would still bet the Bills, even with Case Keenum, because I think that this defense is really good, and I think it will be a low-scoring game. Um, But you're still starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting Dalvin Cook. I think you're even – I mean, you're starting TJ Hawkinson, right? I think I've got him as a top-five tight end based on how they used him out of the gates, but – um, outside of those three, I don't think I'm really rushing to start Adam Thielen um, or really anyone else for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is sort of a maybe uh, for me. You got me hunting for this tweet I had seen about the Vikings, and it's uh, Adam Patrick had tweeted, strength of schedule of games already played. Uh, Vikings have had the 13th hardest schedule so really? far. Really? That's yeah. surprising. So, uh, yeah, I saw I saw that tweet, and I said, okay, maybe maybe they're not as bad. Uh, as weak a seven and one team as people are making them out to be, but 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 uh, like I said, with the the situations that they've had, right? Like this one, they're finding themselves in really good fortune, and then like they played Miami without Tua, they played the Bears before Justin Fields started on this tear. You know what I mean? Like they've they've had all these situ- like this, these situations where they've they've gotten a little bit lucky. Yeah, um, but we'll 
You kind of need that to be seven and one in the NFL, though. You know, true. I mean, yeah. I I look at them and I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a dominant team, but I certainly see a, te- a good team. Like I, I see a team that doesn't really have any obvious weak spots. You know, they can run yeah. the ball, they can throw the ball, they have a solid defense. Like it's, they just seem like a pretty well-rounded team to me. But yep. I, you know, I like Thielen. I don't know. I mean, I understand that like Hawkinson being there does uh, threaten him a little bit, but. I mean, Thielen just keeps getting the job done, really. So I can't move him too far down. I mean, he's been a top 26 receiver in uh, four of the last six weeks. Uh, He's been top 33 in five of the last six weeks. So, I mean, he's just kind of a consistent – he's consistently doing that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three thing, again, that we've seen him do in the past. Yeah, I, I think I've just I don't know I've just moved some guys ahead of him. He's he's my wide receiver thirty seven right now. I've just okay. I continue to move guys ahead of him, but we'll we'll see. I mean, it was just one game with Hawkinson, so we don't know if that's a trend yet, you know. So we'll see. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, next game we've got Detroit at Chicago over under forty eight and a half, and the Bears favored by three. It's officially ju- Justin Field season at this point, and the Lions are. <laughs> An amazing matchup, of course. So, uh, how high how high do you have Justin Fields in your rankings this week? Oh, Fields, he's my let's see, I think he's my QB three, but I'm also not ranking Josh Allen. Um, but even if I did rank Josh Allen, I don't know if I would put him ahead of Fields or Tua, uh, being all banged up as he is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've got, but I've got Fields as my QB three. What about you? I'm at four. I do have him behind Josh Allen right now, but uh, yeah. that is subject to change. So, I think <laughs> I think we're looking at that one the same way. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the passing game, though. I, you know, I, I feel like this is, could be the week that Chase Claypool overtakes Darnell Mooney, at mm. least in terms of um, fantasy appeal. Like maybe Mooney still gets a few more targets each week mm-hmm. than Claypool, but I feel like Claypool could get the more high value targets. Like he could get the down the field targets, he could get the red zone targets. Um, I mean, we even saw that last week, and he only played 35 percent of the snaps. So. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it's tough to recommend playing Chase Claypool right now uh, based on what we've seen so far. But uh, I do actually have him as my wide receiver 35 this week, just based on okay. the Detroit matchup and uh, thinking that he could be ahead of Mooney in the packing order. I have Mooney at wide receiver 39. Okay. I, I still have Mooney ahead of Claypool, but it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And for the running backs, you know, we saw, we saw Fields breaking records last week with his rushing, but I think you know, I put that away in your head because it's not going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like Detroit's going to do everything they can to put a spy on him and and contain Justin Fields. So I think David Montgomery should be a fine play here. Detroit's not a good run defense, I don't think. And I have Montgomery as my RB20. Uh, You're probably starting him anyway. Um, But I just wanted to point it out there because I think people who have Montgomery may be a little worried after that performance. I'd be more worried if I'm the Khalil Herbert manager. I don't Mm. know that I'm going to necessarily rush to start him, but who knows? We could see both running backs be good in this game because we've seen that before against Detroit. We just didn't see it last week with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon like we thought we would, but the Packers just stink. I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, if you look at the snap counts, it's actually been two weeks in a row now that Montgomery's played 70% of the snaps and mm-hmm. Herbert's been at 28%. So uh, it's virtually identical in weeks eight and nine in that regard, uh, whereas in week seven, it was much closer to an even split. Um, so it does look like it's sort of gotten back to where it was earlier, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. that 70, 30 split is more what we 
had seen earlier in the season, and then you started hearing uh, reports that the Bears were going to go with the hot hand um, and that it could be Herbert. And Herbert had honestly looked better than Montgomery uh, for a while there as well. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's sort of reverting back to the kind of situation that it was um, early in the season. So I may – I. I have him at uh, Montgomery at RB22 and Herbert at 30, but maybe I would move Montgomery up a couple spots and, and Herbert down a couple. Okay. Yeah, I just want to point out, too, and I know we haven't really talked about Detroit yet, but just before we do, this game, you know, it's starting to get cold in, Det- in Chicago and places like Green Bay when we get to that game. Uh, kickoff is supposed to be about 34 or 35 degrees. It'll be sunny, not too windy, so that doesn't matter too much. But I don't know, man. For Jared Goff, we talked about him and this passing attack. Uh, being outside of the dome, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think I have him as my QB sixteen, which you know you're probably not starting him. Um, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I still think I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. I think he can get, he can get super high volume, catch some short passes, take one to the, all the way to the house, you know, on this Bears defense. So I love Amon Ross St. Brown, but not rushing to play golf. And on, for the running backs, I am definitely starting Jamal Williams well above DeAndre Swift until further notice. Yeah, I. I'm not. I'm actually lower on both Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown than you are for this game. I have Goff at QB 23, uh, Ooh, so yeah. I'm way out on Goff uh, on the road like against that, the though. Bears. And then St. <laughs> Brown, I, I have him at wide receiver 13. Um, I don't know where you have him. I don't know. If 11. You said, but okay, so that's pretty yeah. close. But I could also see moving him down a little bit. I, I'm beginning to wonder. I know he's a good player, but. Uh, he hasn't really done much in a long time. I mean, it's like, true. He he hasn't been a top twenty-eight receiver since uh, week two. So mm. I know he had an injury in there, uh, missed one yeah. game. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just at a certain point you got to produce. I mean, it's like that's half a season that he's done very little now. So um, I don't know. I might move him behind guys like DK Metcalf and DJ Moore, honestly, just based on. Uh, recent performance and and the Bears have actually been pretty good against wide receivers. They uh, they give up the uh, I believe it's like the tenth fewest uh, fantasy points to wide receivers, eleventh fewest. So um, just something to keep in mind there. If you have him, you're you're starting him, but uh, you know you're doing it with a little less confidence than you would have <laughs> earlier in the season, I think. And uh, as far as those running backs, yeah, I, there's there's news, there's um, there's reports that. Swift could get worked in more this week. And Dan Campbell has sort of said that, but he's, you know, he's a little cagey about it. Uh, so I do still have Williams ranked ahead of him. I've got Williams at RB 19 and Swift at 23, but uh, that could easily switch going forward if uh, Swift gets gets some more snaps. Okay. Yeah, I've got Swift a bit lower than that, but similar, similar. Uh, you know, Williams, up, Williams above him for now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, Jacksonville at Kansas City. <clears throat> Over-under is 50.5 for this one, and the Chiefs are favored by 9.5 points. And I have Patrick Mahomes as my overall QB1 this week. Uh, I'm expecting more fireworks from the Chiefs in this game uh, against the Jaguars D that hasn't, you know, they've kind of gotten worse as the season's gone along. Um, And I also just feel like the Chiefs just keep adding more and more weapons uh, to what they're doing. I mean, like, Michael Hardman has become a real weapon now. Uh, Juju has been great three games in a row. Uh, they now have Kadarius Tony in the mix. Um, 
you know, if they ever needed to, they can go to a Marquez Valdez Scantling or a Sky Moore. There's just endless options there, and that's not even counting Travis Kelsey. So just so many weapons for Patrick Mahomes, even though there's no Tyree Kill. There's there's plenty of uh, plenty of capable pass catchers at this point. I think Mahomes has gotten comfortable with his new crew, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, so I expect some fireworks there. And then the running game for Kansas City is just really a mess. I, I think I actually would prefer McKinnon over either of the other guys uh, at this point um, just because of the floor. But uh, I do still have some, some hopes for Pacheco, and I wonder if uh, if the Chiefs do get ahead and want to run the ball a lot if maybe they showcase Pacheco uh, in the second half of this game. So that that's uh, what I'll be looking for. Yeah, but I agree with you. It is a mess, and I'm ranking all these guys sort of like – wide receiver or running back threes i'm i would just avoid this backfield if you can for this game after what we saw against the titans it was just like they did nothing and uh yeah i don't i have Mahomes qb2 after jalen hurts but i mean i could easily have him one those are my top two guys i would imagine they're probably your top two guys mm-hmm. and then like the receivers yeah i have juju at wide receiver 19 Miko at wide receiver 32 some of the other guys it's kind of hard to trust but yeah it, it could be who knows mbs might find the end zone like you said or whatever but i like those other two guys in addition to kelsey yeah, I have Juju all the way up at wide receiver sixteen, actually. So nice. He's just uh, he's definitely solidifying himself as a wide receiver too. And we we talked a lot about Hardman on the uh, waiver wire show, so go back and listen to that uh, yeah. if you haven't already. Uh, now on the other side of the ball here, uh, we've got Christian Kirk should be a decent matchup for him, I would think. And then Travis yeah. Etienne, it almost just doesn't matter what the matchup is, right? Oh, yeah. Auto start. I mean, both of them for me. I have Christian Kirk as my wide receiver 13. Uh, ETN, I think, what, RB6 or so? Uh, five or six. I mean, he's up there. So, yeah, you're starting them and then really no one else. Um, I mean, Evan Ingram is a consideration, but he left last week, I think, with a back issue and was very disappointing in that game. So, I think, like all injuries, especially like with a tight end, I would make sure if you're listening to this that you have a another tight end. I mean, I would even just go ahead and drop Evan Ingram potentially. He's such an enigma anyway. You had an injury yeah. to it, and it's like yeah. we enjoyed the numbers while they were coming, but we all kind of yep. knew it wouldn't, wouldn't last forever with him. Um, it, you know, uh, with ETN, it's interesting. He's been putting up huge numbers, but he hasn't really been getting any targets in the passing game. So yeah. uh, that's interesting because I feel like in this game, they, if they fall way behind, and they again, they're they're – nine and a half point dogs in this game so if they do fall behind maybe they start actually throwing the ball to him a little bit uh which would uh increase his value even more if he proves that he can do that because he has not caught more than three passes in a game yet this season so um lightly used in the passing game up to this point uh but they may not be they may not be able to afford to just uh turn around and hand it off to him uh all game uh, against kansas city yeah that'd be nice to see for sure yeah um and then let's see that's enough about that game let's move nothing on. else from jacksonville for sure <laughs> no don't play their defense <laughs> no <laughs> all right cleveland at miami over under 48 and a half and the dolphins are favored by three and a half you know the browns have kind of been a run funnel defense um but the dolphins have just been an unstoppable passing offense. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's not like the Browns are a shutdown pass defense. You know, um, it's just their run defense has been so problematic this year that uh, teams have, have taken advantage of that. But I feel like Miami mm-hmm. will stick to what they do. So it's still 
to uh you already mentioned it i think um to a top five qb this week and yep hill and waddle top 10 receivers as usual right absolutely um and then i mean for the running game for me i i have raheem mostert right now as my rb19 and jeff wilson is my rb31 but i need to move them closer together sort of in that rb20 to 25 range to be honest because i think we could see both of them sort of split. I'm I'm guessing you have them sort of back to back in your rankings. I do. You, you tend to do that. Have them back to back, <laughs> twenty four and twenty five. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, they're the they're the epitome of like, like I said last week. I or on the waiver wire show on Monday, I said that I view them both as like high end wide high end running back threes now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's this is a really good matchup. So like in this matchup, they're like borderline <laughs> low end RB twos for me. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of a coin flip. Which of them is going to get more work? It, it this feels like a true hot hand situation right now. So I, yeah, you know, it was surprising that Wilson immediately played more than Mostert last week. Um, whether that was a one game anomaly or not, I, I can't say. But uh, I could definitely see it going either way with these two. I mean, they're both they're similarly skilled players, um, and it's like the right system for them both. So I feel like either of them, if you knew they were going to get 20 carries could have a huge day, but we just can't expect that from either of them right now. What's, what's surprising to me about this game is, is the line uh, and the movement. So this one was at minus four for Miami. Now it's minus three and a half. Like you said, I mean, if this gets to three, which is a key number, like this is basically saying that Miami has a three point home field advantage and saying these two teams are even, you know, like that's weird, especially because Miami has a decent home field advantage for a one o'clock game where your opposing team is cooking on the sidelines over there. Now it's it's getting a little bit later in the year where it's not like ninety degrees, but I don't know. Like Cleveland's three and five, Miami's six and three. This is this line just stinks to me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Miami should win this game, but Cleveland's coming off a bye. I think we'll see a ton of Nick Chubb, and who knows? Maybe they can control the clock and keep it low scoring, and maybe force a turnover. Uh, Cleveland kind of has their backs up against the wall here, you know, coming off a bye, they need to get to four and five and kind of right the ship and try to get to 500 for when Deshaun Watson comes back because the Ravens are kind of run away, running away with that division, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm biased, but I do think the Browns are better than a, their three and five record suggests. I mean, they've lost a number of games this year that they easily could have won. Like they could, yeah. they could be five and three instead of three and five, uh, quite easily if they hadn't <laughs> choked away some games late yeah. um we won't talk about the jets game we'll, we'll move on no 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 <laughs> but uh but yeah it's you know i love amari cooper in this in this game i mean i generally love yeah. amari cooper but uh i think that he is uh in a smash spot against miami i have him as my wide receiver nine for the week so giddy up mm. on amari cooper uh donovan peoples jones too this guy you know we always Talk about the Rodney Dangerfield effect. I mean, this guy definitely has the Rodney Dangerfield effect going. He gets no respect. Yep. Um, you know, all he does is is catch five balls for 70 to 80 yards every <laughs> single week. You know, like how many times in a row does he have to do that before we believe in it? Um, he's been a top 38 receiver in four of the last five weeks, top 33 in three of the last five weeks so yeah i mean he's like a wide receiver three that nobody thinks yeah. of as a wide receiver three well I, I believe him that's about where i have him ranked i have him ranked as my wide receiver 39 um you know just behind the guys like adam thielen who we talked about yeah and i even picked him up we, i think we talked about this during the waiver show but like i picked him up in at least one league maybe two 
you know, coming off the bye before Monday Night Football started because it's like with some of the buys you may have and injuries, uh, he might be a flex play, and he is for me in one league. Yeah, I've met wide receiver 36, so I wanted to – maybe that's just proving a point, but I wanted to get him in my top 36 <laughs> receivers because I think he belongs there. Sure. That's done what he's done. Oh, and play Nick Chubb. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Uh, we'll also, we'll also have to see on David Njoku. I believe he missed practice here on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. he had, I think he had said he expects to play, but you know, you always believe it more when you hear it from the coach than from the player. Uh, so we'll have to just monitor his practice reports. We may not know till Friday, um, what his true status is for this week, but just based on what he did earlier in the year in the state of tight end, like if he's active, he like has to be a top 10 tight end for me. Just based on uh, the lack of other reliable options. Yeah, I'd rank him that way too. But like with Evan Ingram, like with Darren Waller, who we'll talk about, like just plan on having someone else. If you want to hold on to Njoku, that's fine. But make sure you have another tight end ready to go. This is why you have a kicker. You know, drop your kicker, yeah. pick up your second tight end, wait to see what happens. And uh, and then I think I just told someone on Twitter today to do that. So <laughs> I don't know if they actually have kickers in their league, but. Hopefully they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next game. Houston at the Giants. Over-under is 40-and-a-half, and the Giants are favored by 4-and-a-half. I'm surprised they're not favored by more. I, I guess people just don't think they can score that many points because um, that Houston team just seems completely done <laughs> for me at this point. They're they're like the Colts. I mean, they're just – there's nothing – they're playing for next season at this point, you know. Um, so – and and the Giants have just been getting it done all season long, you know. So uh, I I like I like the Giants to really control this game. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley. It's kind of interesting. Like everyone just assumes he's like a top three running back every single week, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at how he's actually done, um, he hasn't really had those like boom weeks that much this season. I mean, he had two of them in the first three weeks. Um, but in the rest of the games this season, he has not finished inside the top eight running backs. He's just sort of consistently been in that like RB nine to 17 range every single week. So, uh, he's actually become this like high floor running back Mm -hmm. as opposed to the high ceiling, low floor one that I feel like is more how I, um, might've looked at him coming into the year. Yeah. And how, how the year kind of started, but. I mean, this is a great get-right spot for Saquon. So, oh, yeah. You know, this is a high-ceiling game. Uh, the Texans are a great matchup. So, as I don't good know where as you have gets, him. really, yeah. Did you say where you have him? I have him, I have him number two right after Christian McCaffrey. So same. He's the same. Yeah. He's right yeah. there for me. But that's the thing. Like, if he doesn't have a ceiling game at home against the Texans, then yeah. <laughs> maybe it's time to, like, stop just, in, you know instinctively ranking him as a top three running back every week you know maybe yeah maybe he's more of a back end or you know rb5 to 10 kind of a, a guy well i don't know what's going on with this game because uh and i was just kind of scrolling twitter to see if there's any news but this was six and a half this morning because i was looking at the lines and so the fact that it moved two points toward the texans is strange like i know nico collins might be back uh, and brandon, brandon cooks, is probably cooks. Be, brandon <laughs> cook so like that helps for sure but is that getting your i guess getting your Top two receivers back is that worth a couple of points? That's the only thing I can think of. No, I think it's moving the needle too here. Small. I, 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 it's that, regardless of whether those guys play or not, and I'm not actually sure if Cooks will play. It's hard to say. I mean, yeah. it's like it's one. It's almost like a Cam Akers situation. Like uh, I know he did come back to play last week, but um, 
do these guys play when their heart's not in it? You know, it's kind of yeah. an awkward situation all around. And it's not like Brandon Cooks was lighting the world on fire uh, even before that. So, um, I, yeah, for me, he's not, he's outside of wide receiver three territory, uh, right now, even if he does play, um, well, I'm, I'm fine if this line keeps moving toward the Texans. Cause I love the giants here and I love Saquon. And I think I'm going to bet this a couple different ways. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try to bet on Saquon anytime touchdown, but if that's too juicy, I might mix it in with like the giants money line win, or, you know, something like that. Cause yeah. I, I love both of those plays here. The one I really love is Graham Gano. He's going to yeah. <laughs> have a huge game as a kicker, man. He's going to kick five field goals in this game. Uh, only he, Daniel he Carlson is ranked ahead of him for me because he gets to face Indianapolis. So, uh, But those are, you know, it's just a great matchup uh, for, I, I know we don't talk kickers too much here, but Graham Gano. That's baby. all right. And then, give him some love. Uh, and then Wandale. We got to talk yeah. about Wandale. Uh, quiet game uh, last uh, before the bye, but. I, you know, I, I feel like Brian Dable probably took the bye and figured out uh, some more ways to get the ball into Wandale Robinson's hands because yeah. he is the most dynamic playmaker in their passing game, and it only makes sense that they would try to get him some touches. I, I only have him at wide receiver 41 right now just because it's like we need to see it, but mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely recommend rostering him. Like He got dropped in a lot of leagues uh, over the bye because of that quiet game. Uh, week nine week eight performance and uh i would definitely scoop him up if he's out there yeah he's my wide receiver 36 37 right in the same area as donovan people's jones and you you saw that video today with robert sala talking about moving elijah moore to the slot um we don't if we had a video like that with dayball talking about wandale moore we'd be like "Ooh, baby Um, we don't have more or Wandale Robinson, right? Uh, is that Rondale <laughs> Moore? <laughs> a little hybrid there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if we had if we had the video, you know, if we had the coach talking about him, we'd be like, oh, let's bump him up. So yeah, I just you might want to wait and see to, to believe it. But if you don't have better options, um, you know, I, I do think Wandale Robinson will have a good game here. I like yeah, I could back. see moving him up a little bit. I have him behind guys like uh, Mooney and uh, DeAndre Carter, Curtis Samuel. I could see him. I could see bumping him up ahead of some of those guys. The way I see him having like a dud game again is like if it's all Saquon and you know Graham Gano kicks field goals and they you know like you said I mean the the game script could be such that Wandale doesn't have some of these big plays or doesn't have the volume because they just run it all over the Texans and they don't need to pass it so Daniel Jones to me is sort of a borderline starter as well like he has that rushing floor but how much is he really going to pass in this game I don't know I don't know that he's going to need to so we'll see right and then we should at least give some lip service to the Texans. I mean, it's really just Damian Pierce. Um, but I think he's a pretty good play. I mean, this yeah. is uh this giants defense gave up, uh, 119 rushing yards to Kenyon Drake in week six. You have 114 rushing yards, uh, to Travis Etienne in week seven. Both of those guys scored touchdowns as well. Um, Kenneth Walker didn't go crazy on them in week eight but he did he did find the end zone as well so that's three straight games where they've given up a rushing touchdown and uh they've actually given up over 100 rushing yards to a, a running back four times this season already so uh this is that's that's the way to attack the giants and uh the texans don't really have any other way to attack them anyway so uh yeah. it's going to be a workhorse game again for damian pierce i think yeah and pierce himself has been a top 20 uh, fantasy running back and half PPR from weeks three through nine uh, every week. So, I mean, he's had like a couple top, well, it looks like he's had 
four top 12s in there. So, yeah, he's my RB11. I don't see how you can rank him outside of that, honestly, the, the, the usage he's getting and what he's done on the field. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next game, Saints at the Steelers. Over-under is 40, and the Saints on the road favored by two and a half. And I don't think we've heard who their quarterback's going to be in this game. <laughs> I guess we're assuming it's Andy Dalton until declared otherwise, right? Yeah, it could be declared in the middle of the game, though, right? I, I, <laughs> I worry about – I was worried about that on Monday night when we were kind of watching the game and doing the podcast. Um, I think we could definitely see it here. So I'm actually going to rank – Andy Dalton pretty low, and then I might rank Jameis right there next to him uh, because I do think we could see uh, it back to Jameis, assuming he's got to be back healthy enough to get in the game at this point, right? I would think. It's been a, it's been a I, while. I, I still, yeah, he's supposed to be healthy. They said when they went to Dalton um, a couple weeks ago, I think they said it's not a health issue. They're just going to him. But yeah. I don't know, man. I still feel like we might hear that like Dalton that uh Jameis is going to start this game it's we still got yeah we could a couple days to hear about that um I mean they could play it down to the wire if they want to I mean coaches like to do that Mm -hmm. kind of thing to keep the other team uh off balance you know so true uh maybe we don't find out who's starting until Sunday morning even it's possible um yeah but whoever it is uh you know you raise a good point though about Dalton potentially getting benched that's that's the concern because I love the matchup. I mean, the Steelers are not a good pass defense. Um, and, you know, the Saints, whether it's been Jameis or Dalton, have been decent in terms of passing offense this season. Uh, they might get Jarvis Landry back this week as well, which would be helpful. So Chris Olave isn't doing it all on his own. Um, it, mm-hmm. You know, I guess the benching is the issue. I, I tentatively have Dalton ranked as my QB 19 because of the matchup, but maybe I should move him down a little bit, just like you said, because of that risk of um, them pulling the plug on him mid-game. Yeah, that worries me a little bit. Um, Alvin Kamara, great. You know, I think he's in a great bounce-back spot. I actually uh, paid up for him in my guillotine league. Um, you know, the, the budgets are – everyone has about half their budget in this guillotine league now, or, or way less, and so I was able to get him for – I don't know. It was like twenty-seven dollars out of an original two hundred dollars budget, but that, that's a that's a lot now uh, based on what other people have left. So I'm looking for him to bounce back. And if you have him in like a standard redraft league, of course you're starting Kamara and hoping for a, a little bounce back game because he had a little bit of a dud on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I will say if they do go back to Jameis, that would not be great news for Kamara. I think he's better right. off with with Dalton. Uh, yep. Whereas Olave is better off with Jameis most likely. Yep. Uh, and then. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, I mean, the, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. There's been some hubbub from Mike Tomlin and also just kind of, you know, anonymous sources within <laughs> uh, the Pittsburgh environment suggesting that uh, Jalen Warren could get some serious run coming out of their bye uh, at the expense of Najee Harris. And, you know, even with a even with a workhorse role that Najee's had, he has not really been <laughs> getting it done for fantasy at all. So no, uh, if he loses touches, man, the bottom could really fall out for him. I mean, he's been struggling to be a top 30 running back uh, as a bell cow. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and I do think with, with Warren, you know, it's kind of like people always chime for the backup quarterback. Now, you know, sometimes people chime for the backup running back too. Mm-hmm. Um it, you know, he's certainly been in positions where he can put up better efficiency numbers. Like he, 
you know, if you get a draw play on third and long and <laughs> you can run for eight yards <laughs> or something, but um, he's also just passed the eye test. I mean, he looks like a better player than Najee Harris right now. And uh, even, even if that efficiency would come down some, it's, it's just, it's a lot like the Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott situation at this point. I just think that Najee Harris happens to be playing worse than Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, we'll see if Jalen Warren can play as well as Tony Pollard. Cause Tony Pollard uh, is kind of proven himself as a, as a really good player and uh, Warren, the jury's out a little bit more, but the opportunity is certainly there. And I'm ranking him ahead of Harris this week. Oh, okay. I have Harris still as my RB28, uh, Warren RB38, so I'm not ready to move it yet, but I, I think it's it's not that bold. Well, I, it is bold based on what I'm doing, but like I, I think your your logic is sound. I think what's interesting is like the clamoring for the backup quarterback. It's often like a rookie or someone who you haven't seen yet, but in this case, like we've seen Warren, right? We've seen him get run and we've seen him look better, so they have like fans have a real reason to kind of want to push. And, and I, I just wonder if this is Tomlin trying to, trying to motivate his guys, you know, motivate both of them. Right. And maybe just like light a fire up under Najee. So I'm not ready to do the, do the switch yet, but we'll, we'll see how it happens, how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I think he's trying to install some life in, in a lifeless offense. Um, yeah. I, and the, honestly, like, I think this, I think this is the Steelers are going to win this game coming off the bye, getting a little bit more healthy. I think, I think they're going to beat the Saints. Saints have a little bit of a quick turnaround coming off Monday Night Football, traveling on the road, playing a team that's rested. Um, I like the Saints. I like I like Kenny Pickett to, I don't know, move the ball, manage the game, and make some plays. I mean, it would hardly be shocking. And the, the Saints are 3-6, yeah. and six, so they're not exactly – neither of right. these teams is a powerhouse, and the Steelers are at home. And like yeah. you said, coming out of their bye. So it's definitely possible. Um I you know I guess just going back to the Warren and Harris thing real quick I put a bow on it I I mean even even with so many fewer touches like Warren has still I mean he outperformed Harris last week and uh, he's outperformed him one other time in the last month as well on way fewer touches so uh, I just feel like if it's even close like Harris could touch the ball more than Warren and Warren could still be better for fantasy. That's true. It could be like it could be seventy thirty, and Warren could have a better game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point taken. Exactly. Uh, and then the other thing is, of course, this is the Steelers' first game without Chase Claypool, so George Pickens uh, could see a big uptick uh, in targets as well. I mean, he had already sort of surpassed Ch- Chase Claypool on the depth chart, but now mm-hmm. uh, this could just mean even more looks for him. It could also mean more looks for Pat Fryermuth. Um, so. Both of those guys, I feel like, are kind of trending up. And maybe Deontay Johnson can get going again as well. I, I feel like getting one more... You know, this offense was just not dynamic enough with Kenny Pickett to support all the receivers that they had before. And now you take Claypool out, and suddenly I feel like uh, it's an easier path to fantasy relevance for all of those guys. Agreed. I think I think Deontay and, and Pickens are both startable this week for me i have deontay johnson wide receiver 21 which might be a little high i might lower him a couple spots and i have pickens 28 so i actually have deontay above pickens but not going to argue with you if you have it the other way just kind of like we talked with some other guys i mean i could see it i could see it both ways yeah i've got um pickens at 27 and deontay johnson at 30 okay so uh but yeah i mean i think fryermuth too like (laughs) he's definitely a top 10 every week guy at this point Oh yeah, um, let me see where I have him real quick because I think 
I, I thought I might even have had him in my top five, but maybe not quite that high. He's yeah, okay. He's tight end six for me, and I might make I might might move him up to five above Gerald Everett. We'll see. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, you're in on on Fryermuth for sure. Then um, it's like you said, Claypool's out. Like it it becomes one of those route trees where it's like you just can rely on maybe an extra target or two for the guys who are left there. You know. Yeah, no one and also really, with Mark Andrews up? on bye this week, you know, after yeah. Kelsey, I, I I feel like maybe you look at George Kittle next, and then it's like a big mush of guys. So yeah, yep. Uh, all right, next game, uh, Denver at Tennessee. Over under is thirty seven and a half points for this game. <laughs> wow, that is low. That is, <laughs> and the Titans are favored by two and a half. So not Vegas is not expecting. Uh, the Broncos to have solved their offensive issues over the bye week, um, which I, you know, I don't know. I maybe I'm naive about this. I still have some hope that the Broncos are going to get it going a little bit coming out of their bye. I mentioned they have a very easy schedule coming forward in terms of their passing attack, uh, and I'm. I'm ranking Russell Wilson as my QB 13 this week. Uh, I know it's in Tennessee, um, but you look at the Titans defense and I know I've said they, they've been playing better, uh, but they, they really haven't, um, they really haven't had many tough matchups where they've played well. I mean, they like gave up 446 yards to uh, Patrick Mahomes last week. So it's not like they Mm -hmm. shut him down. And then before that they had faced, Davis Mills and Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz and then Matt Ryan again. I mean, those are not those are matchups that should make you look good. Uh, of course, they gave up 356 yards and two touchdowns to Matt Ryan and 359 yards and two touchdowns to Carson Wentz. So uh, this you know this secondary has um, has had some leaks in it this season, and uh, I think uh, I think maybe we see some signs of life from the Broncos. Okay, well, you should drive on down here to Virginia and go into your, you know, FanDuel account and put a hundred bucks on on the uh, Broncos and get one hundred twenty-five bucks if they win. You know, yeah, um, I'd feel better I, about it if the game was in Denver. I can say that, but yeah, um, but still, just coming out of the bye, I, you know, I'd also feel better about it if I had any faith in Nathaniel Hackett as a coach, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? But uh, because teams should, you know, good coaches, their teams look a lot better coming out of the bye, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, Bad coaches, not so much. So maybe not, but um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I feel like I, I wouldn't mind starting Russell Wilson in a pinch this week. Uh, I did stash him in one league where Dak Prescott's my starter, just to see what happens because I had an extra bench spot to uh, play around with. Um, well, and- as we're talking about the Broncos, I, uh, I realized I was still looking at my tight end rankings, and I realized I had Greg Dulcich a little bit too low because um, I had Pat Varmuth up there at tight end six, and then I had guys like Ertz and Pitts, and I'm putting Greg Dulcich up. I'm moving him up to tight end seven. Where do you have Dulcich? I have Dulcich at tight end seven. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I do have a more spot ahead of Fryermuth, but I, I could go either way on that one. Yeah, and like the other pass catchers, Cortland Sutton was on the downtrend uh, heading into the bye. Um, so I'm going to rank Judy ahead of him. Um, but it's kind of both both close and both likely starts. But you know, if you want to if you want to start someone over Cortland Sutton this week, um, I will not. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll understand. I'll say that because he's been kind of bad lately. So it, it's it's tough. He's a tough start this week. Yeah, I've got him at wide receiver thirty four and Judy at twenty four. So yeah, I feel like Judy's yeah. low end wide receiver two and Sutton's more wide uh, low end wide receiver three right now. 
Yep, I'm with you. All right. Uh, and then, God, the running back situation for Denver. I mean, we don't need to talk about Tennessee. It's like Derrick Henry yeah. is amazing. But but Denver's running back situation, We we their, their running back situation is a headache. Tennessee's passing game situation is a, isn't a void. But yeah. um, as far as Denver, yeah, I know you said you were intrigued by Chase Edmonds. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're not playing to start him this week in any leagues. But no. uh, I, you know, I still think... I'm slightly leaning Latavius Murray if I had to start one of these three running backs this week, but I'd rather not start any of them. Yeah, I, I think like the Chiefs uh, backfield that we just got done talking about, I would just try to avoid this one. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Russell Wilson does have a decent game because I could see them passing the ball. I would actually probably prefer Melvin Gordon of this group, um, but it's because <laughs> he's been called the, quote, starter, uh, at least recently. So I don't know, but adding Ed- Edmonds to the mix with our waiver wire show, I was saying, you know, Adam, see what happens, but definitely don't, definitely don't start Edmonds this week. I would have zero confidence starting him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Gordon did play more snaps than Murray last week, but Murray had more touches and here's a crazy stat for you in his last four games uh, that he's played. Now, granted one of those games was with the saints, but uh, Latavius Murray has been a top 30 fantasy running back in all four games really yeah okay, that is crazy <laughs> yeah so he's finding a way to get it done one way or another and maybe okay. he's drinking from the fountain of youth i don't know okay well maybe you're not so crazy for yeah. ranking him uh, <laughs> the highest of the bunch i mean i did do my usual thing and i have them back to back but they're like rb3s you know low end all right RB3s. let's yeah. I think you said for the Titans, it's Derrick Henry and no one else. So we can move on to the four o'clock games. Yeah, I will say uh, Traylon Burks, the uh, Titans designated him to return from IR. If you have an IR spot open, you can still put him in there. And I think he's a nice stash. Just a what the heck stash is what I called it because, no, you know, there all these receivers in Tennessee have been worthless all year. But Burks is an interesting talent and... Uh, who knows? Maybe Ryan Tannehill can get something going in the last month of the season if they have some soft matchups. Maybe, maybe Traylon Burks comes out of nowhere and can give you some, uh, some at least boom bust wide receiver three value. He thinks he's going to play this week, but like you said, if he's still technically on the IR now, as you're listening to this, and in Yahoo, you know these types of leagues, you can just plug him and put him in there. Do it. You might be able to just ride him on through there through to next week if you don't make any other waiver ads through the rest exactly. of the week. Play those roster games. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Indianapolis at Vegas over under 42 and a half. And the Raiders are favored by six points in this game, which says a lot about Jeff Saturday, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this this is the dumpster fire of all dumpster fires of the Colts right now. I mean, they're only three, five and one. Like they could be still in the playoff hunt if they had done anything to try to be. But uh, switching coaches to a guy with no college or NFL coaching experience. Their play caller is going to be a 30-year-old uh, coach who has never called plays before. Um, you know, they they went to Sam Ellinger uh, instead of Nick Foles when they made a QB switch for Matt Ryan. Like, they're not making moves to compete this year. They, they just seem like they're waving the white flag on the season. And Vegas has been so disappointing this year but i feel like they're going to take out their aggression on the colts in this game absolutely give me vegas minus six it is right now i would take them up to you know definitely six and a half seven i might even do like an alt spread like 10 14 i really think vegas is going to just like 
dominate this game. I just think they're they're at home. All the other things that you said, like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor might be back. So what? I mean, I'm going to rank him as like a borderline uh, running back one, but like he's he's more of like a run. He's definitely a running back two for me right now, um, especially coming back off an injury and the production he had when he was healthy. Um, so he's like a high end RB two in my rankings this week. Same, but I've got him RB fifteen. I, you know, we'll have to see if he's full go also because if if it sounds right. like he might be eased in or something, then I'll move him down even more. But uh, assuming he is going to get close to 20 touches like you can't really lower him much beyond rb15 yeah but i'd love the raiders in this one i love Devontae. i mean josh jacobs this feels like it could be a little bit of a get right game he's still getting the volume he hasn't really found the end zone like he did you know he had some he had that three touchdown game a couple weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago um so i feel like he's due to you know hit the hit the end zone again in a game where like i i really think the raiders are going to win you know 24 to 10 or 31 to 10 i don't know i just think the raiders are going to run away with this yeah, and and that makes me think that Derek Carr is actually an interesting QB streaming option. I have him as my QB twelve for this week, so I think you could do worse. Yeah, um, he's my he's right. Yeah, yeah, QB thirteen for me, so I'm right there with you. Cool. Um, we won't. I mean, Michael Pittman, like, hold your nose at wide receiver three at best. I mean, if you can bench him, I would. Absolutely. I mean, I can't bench him in our dynasty league just with the deep rosters and stuff, but he's, um, gosh, I'm scrolling down. Where did I even rank him? Yeah. He's wide receiver 38. You know, I've got guys who we just have recently talked about like Wandale Robinson, Adam Thielen. In fact, I'm going to move Donovan people's Jones above him right now. I mean, this wow. is a great matchup against the Raiders. I know. But like, but what can you do? I mean, it stinks. It's like, it's a great matchup, but who cares? Like, I just don't think that they're going to score more than like 10 points. Yeah, I mean, I actually have him as my wide receiver 28 right now, so I'm a little higher on him than you, um, just because I feel like he should get targets, and like you said, the matchup is really juicy, but uh, I don't know. I don't feel great about it. It's kind of, he's similar to Deontay Johnson to me at this point. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess I guess it's similar. I just think Pickett's a little bit more competent, or at least has shown to me, maybe I've just watched Kenny Pickett a little bit more <laughs> than I have the Colts, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, let's stop. I'm going to need to take a shower if we keep talking about the Colts. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so next game is uh, Dallas at Green Bay. Uh, always a classic. Over under yeah. 43, and the Cowboys are favored by five on the road in Lambeau. <laughs> so Wild. I think that tells you what you need to know about the state of the Packers right now. Uh, Cowboys coming out of the bye. Should be really healthy. Defense flying all over the field, um, and Dak Prescott back. Offense is uh, trending up as well. Mm-hmm. Everything just looking good on the Dallas side. It sounds like Ezekiel Elliott will be back for this game as well, and Jerry Jones loves him, so he's going to step back into lead back role. It should be a very similar situation to what we saw earlier in the season uh, between Zeke and Pollard. Uh, Zeke, the favorite for more touches, Pollard for more efficiency, and they end up both being kind of low-end RB2, high-end RB3 types. Yep. And, I mean, this is a good matchup against Green Bay. It's going to be cold, like I said, with when I was talking about the Chicago game. Um, sunny, but, of course, it's going to get dark by halftime, I guess, with the late start, um, you know, and daylight savings ending and all that mess. So, yeah, but it'll get a little colder. I think, yeah, Zeke, he's my RB14. Uh, I have Pollard as my RB21. I think both are viable plays this this week. Uh, I think Pollard could have a good game if as, as long as he keeps – getting the rock you know that's he just mm-hmm. needs the ball so yep yep I, I i have zeke just slightly ahead of pollard but 
I yeah, they're both RB twos for me. I I, I don't want to go too high on Zeke in this matchup. Um, yeah, but, first game back after the injury, he might not be totally healthy even after the bye. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then you know, I do think Dak at this point is a QB one until proven otherwise. Um, so I have him as my QB seven this week. Uh, I, you know, the Packer defense has not been as good as. I think many people expected them to be. Um, and I'm just like pulling it up right now in terms of they have been good against quarterbacks. Uh, so I'll give them that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I just don't really see them as much of a, uh, avoid matchup at this point. Yeah. I don't think Dak is like a slam dunk, but he's my QB seven as well. That being said, <laughs> um, yeah. but like for DFS and stuff, I'm not like rushing to play Dak, but if you have him, then yeah, like you're probably playing Dak in this matchup. It, you know, you're playing Dallas. I'm, I'm excited to start the Dallas Cowboys defense. Um, on the Packers side, it sounds like Aaron Jones. I mean, he was practicing today, so yeah. Hopefully, he's he's full systems. All systems go. You know, it's, I don't know how good that is for fantasy, but again, kind of like he's he's a little bit above Zeke uh, for me in the same game. He's in that territory where I'm definitely starting Aaron Jones. And yeah, Dylan, I, I'd prefer so him much. by a fair amount over Zeke, um, just because. Jones is still a really good player. I mean, he's still capable in any given game of rushing for 150 yards and two touchdowns, you know? And we haven't yeah. seen a game like that from Zeke in several years. So, And he could get a lot of passing work. You know I mean? We keep waiting for, like, the big, like, passing game, you know, receiving game for Aaron Jones. Maybe this will be it finally. Like, Romeo Dobbs got hurt. Um, I think Watson picked up he, – wasn't he in concussion protocol he's again? He's hurt, so, yeah. So, I don't – I saw Sammy Watkins has some – Bumps and bruises or whatever the Same. blurb was yeah. I saw. So, you know, who's going to be their number one receiver? Lazard. Lazard. Yeah. And then you have Torre and Amari Rogers and some guy. Like, I think Aaron Jones could actually actually get, you know, seven or eight targets in this game if they do things right. I think he, I think he could anyway. That's a big if, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even – even if they just keep using him the way they have been, I think he's still a really strong play. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lazard is – a pretty solid wide receiver too at this point i think as well but beyond that i'm pretty far out on aj Dillon at this point um even even i mean especially in a game like this where they're underdogs like i just don't see it with him uh and they're facing a good defense too so he's like way off the radar for me if i can possibly avoid it and then you know tunyon has not really done anything Uh, you know there's been hope that he would be a big part of their passing game because their lack of receivers, but it just hasn't really translated. So he's not really a viable tight end streamer in a, in a 10 or 12 team league. Um, it's really just Lazard and, and Aaron Jones and don't play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But Schultz on the other side, I don't think we, I don't think we mentioned Schultz. I do have him in my top 12 uh, tight ends. Yeah. I, I mean, with their offense trending up and this, you know, lack of other options at tight end, I have him right at tight end 12 and at, you know, I have Njoku and Waller right ahead of him, so he could he could end up in my top ten. Yep. Okay. All right. Arizona at the Rams over under forty three and a half, and the Rams are favored by three. <laughs> I mean, these are two really disappointing teams. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. Um, lots of like theoretical talent <laughs> on both teams, <laughs> but uh, they they just they they're both broken. You know, they they're broken yeah. offenses. Uh, Kyler Murray, we know about it. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback just because of his rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be ugly at times. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I still think, is an every week wide receiver one just based on the kind of volume that he can get. Um, 
and Rondell Moore as you know now that he's regularly playing in the slot I think he's a wide receiver three that you can look at um, he's borderline wide receiver two for me like he's a high-end wide receiver three I think he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit these last couple weeks uh, the fact that he's like you said he's getting more run out of the slot um, so yeah he's a He's a high-end wide receiver, borderline wide receiver, too, for me. I guess. I mean, he picked up a lot of his numbers last week in garbage time, you know, or, or late hey, in the game. he could do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, yeah. I do think the Rams will win this game, so you could see some more garbage time. I think what's interesting on the Rams side, like we just have talked about some of these teams like, uh, you know, the Titans. It's Derrick Henry and no one else, or it's Saquon and maybe no one else. Like, this is Cooper Cup and no one else, right, for the Rams. Like. Are you- yeah, yeah. I mean, the running back situation is such a mess. The yeah. you know secondary receivers, Van Jefferson has come back, and you know so that makes Allen Robinson was already disappointing, and now uh, with Van Jefferson there, it's even less certain that Robinson will get looks. And then Tyler Higby's completely disappeared. So yeah, it's Cooper Cup and nobody else. I agree. Yeah, um, I will say one other guy flying under the radar though is James Conner because yeah, uh, I think just the kind of workload he got in his first game back was extremely not not necessarily touches but snaps he played over 70 percent of the snaps i believe 74 percent of the snaps in his first game back got five targets in the passing game Mm -hmm. so he's he looks like he's going to be in that uh sort of quasi bell cow role um and that's hard to find nowadays you know so even though he didn't put up big numbers last week I think he's a rock solid RB two for this game. I've got him as my RB seventeen. Mm, okay, and I could even go a spot or two higher because I have uh, Jonathan Taylor and Deonta Foreman ahead of him. And if either of those guys, if if Taylor doesn't look full go, or if we you know get some sense that Hubbard might steal some looks from Foreman, I I would bump Connor ahead of those guys as well. Okay, he's he's right at the low end of my RB two, but I could see him, I could see moving him ahead of some of these guys. And I, I agree. Like that was his first game back from injury. So better days are ahead. And you know, if he, I mean, we saw how many touchdowns he scored last week. So if you told me that he had 70 or 80 all purpose yards and two touchdowns in this game, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, not going to predict that, but like even just one touchdown with, with the yards will be, he'll be a RB one probably for this game, you know? Yeah. And just the, the passing down roll, like it makes me feel like he's kind of game flow, independent you know like if they if they're ahead he'll, they'll they'll give them a lot of carries if they're behind they'll give them a lot of uh targets out of the backfield yeah and that's hard to find right now so yeah exactly. good call. all right next game uh is the chargers at the 49ers this is the sunday night game and uh, over under is 45 and a half and the 49ers at home favored by seven coming out of the bye Christian McCaffrey, we both have him as our number one running back, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers are a dream matchup for running backs. <laughs> Christian yeah. McCaffrey is the most talented running back in the league. The 49ers are the best offense for running backs in the league. So it's kind of like the stars are aligning for a Christian McCaffrey absolute smash game. Yeah, I think what's going to be interesting to see in this game, like what I'm looking for is if Debo's healthy, uh, how he and CMC coexist, which I think will be just fine. Uh, I'm not afraid to rank CMC as number one running back, so obviously I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm obviously going to start Debo if he's healthy as well. Um, I'm also interested to see, less from a fantasy perspective, but I don't know if Kyle Juszczyk's going to be healthy for this game. I think he broke or dislocated his finger. Mm. That So he didn't play two weeks ago, so I, I just wonder how that kind of impacts you know having a good fullback like that. Um, just I bet the he's kind back. Of he doesn't sound like the kind of guy that misses more than one game with a broken finger. 
I know, right? Like, I think he'll be back. He'll just have, like, a club on his hand, and he'll just come in there and smash people. So Exactly. I just think, if anything, it'll just help, you know? It's not like I'm worried about Juszczyk taking a bunch of touches away. I'm just saying, like, I think it could even just even help this offense even more. Yeah, I mean, Debo, to me, is not as high an option as he was earlier in the year, for sure. I mean, he's trending down. Um, I have him as wide receiver 17 this week. Hmm. Um, also, Ayuk. I mean, I worry about him, too. I wonder if there's enough... Uh, to go around. Um, and I feel like Kittle is kind of emerging as uh, the number two passing game option behind Debo at this point, which means Ayuk is kind of fighting for scraps a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just feel like the way this team can run the ball, um, I I don't know if there'll be enough pass volume there for Ayuk. He might be kind of more of a boomer bust wide receiver three going forward. Okay. Yeah, he's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me, but I could see moving him down a bit. And just talking about all these good weapons, Kittle, <laughs> uh, all these guys, it might hurt some of them for fantasies, like McCaffrey coming over, but it makes me want to rush to... When we're done here, I'm going to go put a futures bet on uh, the 49ers to win the NFC because I don't have much on them uh, right now, and they're 4-4, four and four, and just look at their schedule. I feel like they're just like ready to make a run after this bye week. You know, yeah. getting Trent Williams health, like fully healthy and just... You know, uh, Bosa, the D, just getting everybody rested after this bye. I think they're just primed to just go off here in the second half. Yeah, depending on how you feel about Jimmy Garoppolo, they're they're a team that doesn't have a weakness either. So, yep. uh, well-coached and strong on both sides of the ball. And I think the Chargers, you know, Herbert hasn't been really that good, what we thought he could be. Um, it's going to really help if he can get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, but I wouldn't expect either one of them back for this game, and it's a Sunday night game, so you probably can't wait around. I would not plan to wait around for Keenan Allen because Mm-mm. his hamstring got worse during the bye, and he didn't play last week. So just plan on being without him uh, and start someone else, even if it's like, you know, if you have a DJ Moore or someone to start in the Thursday night game, make make sure you put him in your wide receiver spot. And oh yeah. don't wait and don't wait on a Keenan Allen. You know, don't do that. No, play DJ Moore regardless. But yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like. Um, Josh Palmer, though, is definitely a solid option. Uh, yep. Whether Allen plays or not, I think Josh Palmer is a solid option. But he's a particularly solid option if, if uh, Keenan Allen's out again. He looked really good uh, in the last game. And I've got him at uh, wide receiver 19 for this game, yep. even though it is a, a, a decently tough matchup against San Francisco. They're not quite as strong against wide receivers as they are against running backs. But it's it's still not a, a, a ideal matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Palmer's a good play here. Yeah, and it's hard to bench Herbert. I mean, because most people that have him, like he's their only QB. They don't have another guy. Yep. I mean, realistically, like you're probably not picking somebody up off the waiver wire that you're starting over Justin Herbert. So you kind of just deal with it. But yeah, I, I got him at QB eight. Like it's not it's not uh, ideal. Like you were hoping he was going to be a real difference maker for you, and now he's more just kind of a average QB one. Yep, agreed. Yep. All right, we'll wrap it up with the Monday night game. It's an NFC East battle. It's the Commanders at the eight and O Eagles. Over under is <laughs> forty four, and the Eagles are favored by eleven points in this game, which is a pretty large spread considering the over under is not very high. Um, yeah. So clearly, Vegas is not looking for this Washington offense to do very much against Philly. And I know you're kind of a Taylor Heineke booster, but uh, you're not, you're not (laughs) expecting fireworks from him in this game. I assume. Well, not fireworks. And like you said, Washington has the lowest implied total uh, this week at 16 and a half, but I just, you know, I've watched a lot of 
Washington Philly games over my over the years. And if you look at recent history, yes, week three this uh, this year, uh, the Eagles beat them twenty four to eight at Washington. You look at the matchups last year, the Eagles won both of them, 27-17 and 20-16. 11 points is just a lot of points for a division game, especially with the Eagles being 8-0. Like, everyone is coming for them. You know what I mean? Like, no one wants this team to be, eight, you know, undefeated. Uh, I mean, I know everyone's trying to win in the NFL every week, but this just makes me like the Washington side at, at 11 points even more. Um, I, I don't know that they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think the Washington defense might step up in this one. Hmm. That being said, I'm going to start all my Eagles. Um, <laughs> Devontae Smith is the one the last couple of weeks. I think he's – it's just – it's tough, you know, because, like, I thought he'd bounce back last week and didn't. Um, so I think he's the one where you kind of consider some of your options where he's, you know, a low-end wide receiver two right now. Um, and maybe you consider some of these wide receiver three options above him. What do you think? Yeah, I actually have uh, – I have him down at wide receiver 33. Okay. Uh, so, because if yep. you look at it, he's only had three games this year where he was uh, inside the top 30 receivers and fantasy. So uh, he's definitely become more of a boomer bust guy. You know, Um, he's got 87, he's got 80 or more yards in three games and he's got fewer than 45 yards in the other six games. So, um, or is it five games, I guess, but you you get the point. Like it's kind of uh feast or famine with him because it's a, a really strong offense but um sort of similar to what i was saying about brandon Ayuk before there's just it's not like a, a massive pass volume offense uh just because jalen hurts runs the ball so much himself and you know they've got their stable of three running backs that they get involved so um it's just it's it's not really consistent targets uh for smith like uh, and that makes it tough. I mean, he had two targets last week, you know, and yeah. you're not going to get it done with that. So these games where he gets double-digit targets, he tends to put up big numbers. But um, if he's, you, it just depends on game flow and things like that. He could end up uh, seeing five or fewer targets, and that makes it real, real hard. Yeah, well, he's actually a wide receiver three for me too. I wasn't looking at my rankings when I was talking about him, but he's my wide receiver 31 right now. So a couple spots higher than you, but still, it's kind of the same area for the same reasons. Yeah, and then. You know, I do. I do like Heineke. I like watching him play, but he's not. He's not a start for me this week. I, I mean, I might start him in Scott Fishbowl because it's a super flex and all that. But he's my QB twenty three. I do think Antonio Gibson is interesting to talk about here. Um, the Eagles are a tough matchup. The, the low implied point total is scary. But if JD McKissick is out again, I would. I really like Gibson uh, to catch some passes, just to be more involved. We could see some garbage time. Um, dump offs and so, things like that. I think Antonio Gibson will sneak into the RB two conversation here uh, when it's all said and done this week. Yeah, that's a good call. I've got him at RB twenty seven, but um, like you said, I mean, if as long as McKissick's out, like he's going to get that passing down work, and there should be a lot of it um, given the size of the spread. Even if you do think the the Commanders will cover, it's it, it's probably they're probably going to be down a touchdown or more at some point in this game. So yeah, um, that should create some some pass catching opportunities for Gibson like I would feel you know I'd feel perfectly fine slotting him in as my RB2 this week even though I have him ranked just outside of my top 24 Uh, all right I will say also Miles Sanders man he's he's a borderline RB1 for this matchup oh yeah I mean Miles Sanders AJ Brown we didn't like say Jalen Hurts and these guys by name but for me it's just like Goddard yeah yeah it's, it's just easy. Uh, you start all these guys, and Devontae Smith was just the one that I wanted to bring up because it's kind of like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a good yeah. call. Yeah, start all those other Eagles. Yep. All right, 
that wraps uh, up this episode of the rest of season rankings podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as I mentioned, Bart's week 10 rankings are up at rosrankings.com. Mine will be there shortly. So check that out. We'll be updating them right up through kickoff on Sunday. And if you have any start sit questions, uh, we are always happy to answer your questions on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And trade questions I might ask, uh, might, might offer too, because check out your trade deadlines. They're coming up. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We're out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.